This is a film use prop, motherfucker. To the super colorful original telecommunicated transmission, otherwise known as Scottcasts. It's a wonderful, glorious day. We've got plenty of summer left, like four weeks of it, they say. Yeah. At this point. And it's getting to the good part of summer where it's not blistering hot all day, but it is an enjoyable uh, temperature for strolling outside and listening to Scottcast mm-hmm. or. Um, sporting like some new Scottcast apparel or basically just generally loving Scottcast and loving the pod outside, mm-hmm. you know, with or without air conditioning running through your house. That's where we're at right now. It's August. Mm-hmm. Well, by the time you hear this, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it is August 2nd. <laughs> it feels so good to be in August of 2020 this year. I feel like August is 2020's month. You think so? Yeah, I think. <laughs> turn it around, man. <laughs> like now is the time. <laughs> we're, we're totally going to just slap ourselves, wake up, and boom. It's going to be the defining month. People are going to look back on 2020. They're going to be like, what a great year. And they're just going to be thinking of August. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel about August right now. I'm glad you're so optimistic. <laughs> And I'm joined with fan favorite Ian Dixon. Holy hell, here I am. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I almost forgot to tell people who you were. You know, our podcast is starting to go nationwide. Mm. Yeah. That's exciting. Indeed it is, Ian Dixon. In Maine and Maryland, in particular, we're going to have a big resurgence. Or surgence. Just a surgence. <laughs> <laughs> an initial surgence. Yeah, an initial surgence. I'm very excited for it. Mm-hmm. Paid a couple bucks to Spotify, made a little ad, and I think I'm going to get these people's attention. Mm-hmm. I'm targeting Maryland and Maine, people who are aged 30, mm-hmm. and they listen to podcasts. It's the end of the targeting right there. Yeah. Very specific. What, uh, yeah, what, because it's specific, but it's also like, not really. <laughs> Very broad. Yeah. So what what led to those particular markets, Maine and and Maryland? You just have a boner for alliteration? Yeah. (laughs) Maine, Maryland, Michigan. Yeah. Minnesota's next. (laughs) Anyway, I'm pretty confident in this ad. Would you like to hear it? I would love to hear it. Hello and welcome to the super colorful original telecommunicated transmission, otherwise known as Scottcast. Subscribe today and get your laugh on every Sunday morning with me right here on Spotify. It's free, it's fun, and it's perfect for people in Maryland and Maine who are 30 years old. <laughs> listen to the latest episode today. Just click listen now. See you there, future Scott Castigators. Huh? Huh? <laughs> Won't that work? It sounded like uh, some kind of cult thing. You know? Which I guess it sort of is. Kind of is. It's a cult that's not very dangerous, doesn't ask much of you. Yeah. Or really anything. Just downloads. You don't even have to really listen. Just tap the download button enough times for me to get an advertiser on this piece of crap show. Something about the tones in the music was like, 
Gave me Miss Cleo vibes. Oh, yeah? <laughs> you remember that shit? Yeah. <laughs> like the, read some tarot. <laughs> like the hotline? Yeah. <laughs> like 1-900-MISS-THEO. She would have people calling in live, and she would just tell them all of everything about their lives and how to fix it. We're not going to do that. No. No. We, we might have advice for you, but it's not good advice. Certainly not. It's, not, it's barely intelligible, really. Mm-hmm. Which for a podcast, <laughs> maybe it's not the greatest strength. How, so anyway, uh, Maryland, Maine people, how are you liking the cast so far? <laughs> Is it suiting your needs? Let me know. Right into ScottCast. Knowing we have Maryland and Maine as a, as a pretty big audience right now, I'd imagine. Mm-hmm. I, I thought we'd go into something that everybody can enjoy. Okay. I had a little thought about conspiracies recently. Conspiracies of the mind. Mm-hmm. I was wondering where conspiracies even come from, and like, why do people believe in them in the first place? What are they, what are they trying to fill? What kind of void in their, in their mind? And I came across the thought. I wondered what she thought about it. Given you're a therapist, I feel like people who get into conspiracies are are likely to be like adults clinging to childhood. By fantasizing, there are vastly older, more powerful beings who control everything, mm-hmm. just like their parents did. Oh. What would be the psychological purpose of that? So they don't have to resume any responsibilities of an actual adult? Yeah. Okay. It's somewhat of a scapegoat kind of thing, you yeah. know, but it's also somewhat of a comfort kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like... If the Illuminati is real, right? If there's lizard people controlling all the strings of the of the world, mm-hmm. and you can, it's it's kind of like being a kid in the company of a parent, right? Because when you're a kid and you're with your parents, they're telling you all sorts of stuff that you're supposed to just believe. Mm-hmm. You just take their word for granted, but you don't know anything. You don't know that they're not the smartest people. You don't know that there's so much to life that mm-hmm. they don't understand. They're just kind of willy-nilly through it, too. So you feel secure because you've got this vastly ancient being. Like, when you're three or four, you know, thinking somebody who's, like, 30 is, is thinking of someone who's ancient. True, yeah. Someone who's, like, six, seven, eight, nine times older than you, and you don't even know how to multiply. <laughs> it's unfathomable. Mm-hmm. So what I think... People who go crazy for conspiracies do. They believe in these conspiracies because they want to replace that parent feeling. Mm-hmm. And since they are abandoned by this parent because the Illuminati is, you know, not talking to them, mm-hmm. they resent them. But they still feel that stability, like the Illuminati at least is in charge of the chaos of the world. Yeah. You know, and it's not that we're free-floating humans on a, on a rock ball in space. So it's more comforting to feel some sort of order to things, even if that order is oppressing you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like, it's way better, in my opinion, to think that all of humanity is controlled by, like, these intergalactic alien lizards mm-hmm. who, who are, like, putting all the people in the head state or taking care of the hurricanes and doing all these things that are oppressing us, sure, but... They're in control. 
right? Yeah. And that feels good. Mm-hmm. The fact that something, somewhere, is in control, rather than what seems to have become completely obvious in the past few years, that nobody's in control, mm-hmm. and it can all fall down like a house of cards with yeah. Kevin Spacey. Oh, God, no. <laughs> <laughs> right? That phrase has a whole new level of gravity to it now. Yeah. That's definitely not the best case scenario. <laughs> so you prefer chaos? I prefer uh, reality. I prefer evidence-based observational uh, conceptualization of our situation. I mean, it'd be nice for there to be order to things. I think that's the same reason that people cling to religion, because there's some force that's in charge and won't let bad things happen to good people, right? Yeah. Or, like, if it does, then it's some mysterious way, and it'll be okay because they got a cloud to float on after. Um, But I don't know. I think I'm comfortable with chaos. It's not... uh, ideal but it's kind of what we have to work with and sometimes you got to just roll with it and it is what it is that's some wisdom right there for all y'all conspiracy theorists in maine and maryland is that how you'd approach it like if uh let's say let's say you have you had a practice and a client comes to you Mm -hmm. and you know he's maybe he's being court ordered to go to therapy or something like that yeah and and he's saying you know what I don't believe in this psychobabble bull. What I believe in, and I don't know why he has this accent, what I believe in... It's from Maine. (laughs) This is the Maine accent. (laughs) I'm trying to appeal to the people in Maine. (laughs) What I believe in, in my little Maine town on the craggly rocks next to a lighthouse with a lobster, what I believe, I believe Epstein. Mm -hmm. Mm. Illuminati. Again, yeah. okay. Would you would you guide them away from that belief, or would you like try to like just? Work I with would it? lean into it. I would see what what's driving that belief and how that's helpful for them. And if they're court ordered to see me, it's probably not been too helpful <laughs> for them. <laughs> they just keep like storming yeah. facilities. So we should unpack that and figure out like, assuming that that was true. Uh, how are we going to deal with that? Is storming the facilities isn't working, and is their control uh, really all that bad? Well, I don't know. <laughs> I know you're bucking up against your own beliefs. <laughs> Maybe we wouldn't want to assume that that was true, but we would explore it for sure. I imagine, like, if you ask that, though, like, you're just going to get, like, an avalanche of... YouTube thoughts, mm-hmm. right? Things, snippets on Twitter, that kind of stuff, that kind of new media BS. Like, how do you even, how would you even deal with that? That, like, uh, this guy is like so swamped with the digital malaise of mm-hmm. the world that he that completely gave up his. Cons- I, I haven't, like, talked to any conspiracy theorists, by the way. If, like, people are, like, <laughs> listening to this being like, what conspiracy theorist pissed on his plants? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at some point, there's a there's a point of intersection with whatever that conspiracy is, and that person's individual place in our society, right? Mm-hmm. 
And so that would be really the point that I want to get to. And like, what does that mean for you if there's lizard people running things? Like, can you coexist with the lizard people? Could it be all right? Maybe they're like, maybe things would be total shit if the lizard people weren't in charge. Yeah, I think that's I think that's that's where you would have to go because like that would be. Look, you can't just tell people that they can't have their conspiracy theories when they have them. If mm-hmm. that worked, there wouldn't be conspiracy theories except for the Epstein. Well, and if I just shut them down, like that's crazy. Then, well, why are they going to listen to me? I'm part of it, right? Somebody's paying me off. I'm I might be a half lizard myself. Mm-hmm. 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 What if? He's doing all this. And you're like, well, what's it to you, man? What's it to you? Mm-hmm. And he stands up and he rips off his sh- Maryland shirt. <laughs> <laughs> and it's full on scales and slime mm-hmm. and spikes. And he's like, I am an orphaned half-breed. I would refer him to a dermatologist. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. You got an answer for everything here, mm-hmm. Mr. Illuminati. Mm-hmm. And then we would explore his abandonment issues. Okay. That makes sense, though. Yeah. Dermatology and abandonment issues yeah. is the source of lizard people <laughs> in the world. That's fair. Speaking of lizard people, mm. very exciting news that I have to cover every time it happens. Mm-hmm. There's another addition to the Jurassic World slash park universe, extended mm. universe. I'm a little happy, happy on it. Have you heard about it? No. It's called uh, Camp Cretaceous, and it's an animated series. That sounds lame as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> like, you, I watched the trailer, and I have it for you right here, because I have a clip that might illustrate why it might actually be really good. Okay. It's got potential. It's got the animation style for the characters that I don't care for, that mm-hmm. uh, that flat 3D kind of shape. Like the Star Wars. Like the Clone Wars thing. Yeah. yeah. It's very Clone Wars looking for the people. Mm-hmm. But the dinosaurs are pretty much just the same CGI they use for <laughs> the actual movies. <laughs> okay. So it's like the dinosaurs are really detailed. Huh. And uh, the people which are kids, are like cartoon kids. So this is what I'm thinking is happening. And it, I think it's backed up by the trailer, which I'm going to play for you. I think Jurassic Park, Jurassic World is leaning into the idea of taking away the child immunity that kids have had in that series. You think they're just going to eviscerate cartoon children? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's on Netflix. I mean, know? I would watch the shit out of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so take a listen to this here trailer and tell me if that's not the story they seem to be going for. Oh my gosh. Is this not the most amazing camp Whoa. you have ever seen? This is so cool. What was that? Hello? Hello? Can anybody? Yeah. 
<laughs> I mean, how could, how does that not point to a bunch of kids getting eaten alive? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I'm speechless. But uh, definitely uh, tamps down my skepticism initially upon hearing about this. Yeah, I think you could tell that they uh, they use the same uh, audio from the, the scream in the original. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. recycled that. That's good. <laughs> it doesn't seem like they're toning it down at all. <laughs> in fact, in fact, like, I would put that trailer up against, like, uh, the latest trailer for Fallen Kingdom, right? The, mm-hmm. the one that came before it. And I would say this sounds scarier yeah. than the actual Jurassic World film they recently released. Because, mm-hmm. like, you can't make a plot like that that's advertised like that that doesn't have danger that is made explicit by a child dangling from a mouth of a T-Rex. <laughs> <laughs> and that's going to happen. And I'm so thrilled for it. Mm-hmm. I know it sounds weird for somebody to be so excited about the death of many children in the maw of ancient creatures. Mm-hmm. But think about the point of Jurassic Park, people. Chaos theory. You can't control things. It gets out of control. Rules don't matter anymore. The movies really, even, even, even the first one, the, the classic, the, the untouchable movie, you know, it, it watered it down from the book, mm-hmm. which was basically a horror book. Yeah. It was, uh, there was blood, guts, and ass everywhere. And then it got started. So really, um, the Jurassic Park series and universe is kind of a good therapeutic tool for people who are uh, leaning into the the conspiracy theories and, and helping them to kind of embrace chaos. You know, that could be true. You know, that would be a good series. I would back that series. Mm-hmm. Wonder, I wonder what the trailer for that series would sound like. This summer, three uh, patients of a therapist (laughs) are sent to an island to confront their fears of chaos head on. Three patients go in. One therapist comes out. Today, on, or this summer, I don't know how to do trailers. (laughs) Damn it, we need David. Yeah. One world (laughs) where people believe in lizard people. We're doing gradual exposure therapy. Let's see how they like these lizards. <laughs> Anyways, you're going to be hearing a lot more of that particular trailer. <laughs> Those particular trailer noises uh, throughout the rest of Scottcast because I got mm-hmm. that baked into my soundboard here. Speaking of lizard people and uh, fictional universes... Should we tease this right now? Is this going to be like a Scottcast thing when we jump into the Tingleverse? Ooh, well, we can tease it right now. <laughs> and tease is the right word. Because that's a thing that's going to happen for sure, that we are uh, venturing into the uh, the role-playing game that was based on uh, the work of Chuck Tingle, who we've covered in the past. We We talked a little bit about the... Space Raptor Butt Trilogy. Of course. On the pod. Of course. Yes. And, uh, yeah, so apparently there's an RPG, and I decided to go ahead and buy that that guide to take a shot and see 
how our adventures into the the butt pounding world of Chuck Tingle goes. <laughs> yeah. And Scott was like, "Oh fuck, I'm going to be a raptor, motherfucker." That's right. I mean, it's it's one of the options that they give you in the guidebook. And I'm very excited about it. My raptor I designed, it's a lot like Dungeons and Dragons, right? Where mm-hmm. you 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 have a guidebook and so you have somebody kind of helping you along, but you get a lot of creative freedom with your character. So my character, his name is Reginald, and he is a necrophiliac velociraptor, mm-hmm. which is really cool. He's a bad boy, and um, he's got a lot of strength. Yeah, you rolled a straight 18 for strength, like right off the bat, and then you got all these bonuses on top of that. So yeah, it's just going to destroy everything. Yeah, and fuck it afterwards. <laughs> fuck it afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> right in, if you're from Maryland and Maine and you, you enjoy the Chuck Tingle universe, let's see, <laughs> let's see if the funnel reached the Chuck Tingle fans there. <laughs> so that's going to be very exciting. It's a really long game, though, right? It takes weeks and weeks to, to get through, doesn't it? Well, I mean, it's infinite. It's, it's yeah, the, the Tingle Master designs the quests, but... It, it could go on forever. You could it could just be going around pounding things in the butt. It could be uh, seeking magical uh, implements to murder creatures with. It's kind of whatever uh, whatever the imagination procures I'm within sh- the context of the the characters in the world. It's kind of set. I'm sure we have wonderful imaginations. But I can't imagine us, like, venturing through the Chuck Tingleverse for longer than a few weeks, let alone through infinity. <laughs> <laughs> like, we're we're old men and we're still doing the Chuck Tingle. <laughs> I mean... It's the world's greatest story. <laughs> <laughs> They're, like, tearing down di- uh, statues of Walt Disney to erect us, erect. Yep. You know, the people who wrote of the Chuck Tingleverse... That's that's how uh, Fifty Shades of Grey movies were. They're, they were fan fiction of Twilight. Is that how that started? Yeah. Mm. And, uh, it, and it came to like sell out more than Twilight. So we could be like creating a Chuck Tingleverse fan fiction that surpasses the original Chuck Tingle. I mean, that's a pretty tall order. Cause Chuck Tingle's work is basically fan fiction. <laughs> Fan fiction of fan fiction. (laughs) (laughs) Fan fiction of fan fiction of his own dirty mind. Mm -hmm. So at some point in the future, Scott Castigators, get ready for an RPG episode where we venture into the Tingleverse and get pounded in the butt by our own butts and... That would be a good Scott Cast live episode. We've been trying to find some ideas to go on Twitch live and stream. Mm-hmm. That would be a fantastic way to do that. We get our Chuck Tingle books. You get you got your little dungeon master setup going, mm-hmm. and and we're telling the story of the the necrophiliac Velociraptor just killing and fucking things <laughs> <laughs> on a quest for who cares what. Yeah. <laughs> All you need to know that he's going. You don't need to care about what direction he's going in. I hope there's a character arc that at some point your necrophiliac, murderous, rampage velociraptor like gets a soft spot for a particular corpse and it's like 
this is my husband now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my necrophiliac velociraptor will just mature, <laughs> pick one corpse, yeah. dedicate himself to that, mm-hmm. you know, and, and start reading books, <laughs> getting other hobbies besides, you that's, know. That's how the Illuminati starts. Yeah, it's like they, they were originally people. just fucking, like a group of people who came together and fucked. And a, then, a group of lizards who were fucking, yeah. Yeah. And then they uh, achieved enlightenment and became lizard people. Oh. Yeah. Is that how it goes? Are we, are we, are we ape people, basically? Because, like, we're, we're, we're like monkeys that have achieved enlightenment, as it were? By that definition? Depends how you define enlightenment, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure. For a lizard, that means taking over the world and controlling everything. And for, for humanity, that means, like, we, we have cell phones. cell phones have always bothered me well not always but they've been bothering me more and more and more and more and more and more yeah you know i can't get i mean if there's a hole to poke in the illuminati conspiracy theories it's cell phones that like why would they need to do all this extra shit like they already can follow track your movements and like know what you like and don't like and who you talk to and the cell phone companies are got all that shit already. Yeah. There's no need for lizard people. There's no privacy. Yeah. And there's no need for lizard people to be pulling strings to get that information. They just need to, like, have a subscription. They could just pay Verizon and be like, yo, what's this guy up to? You ever wonder, like, how those big tech companies have, like, all that cash? Illuminati. Yeah. You know, subscription basis monthly because that's how every... <laughs> everything runs. <laughs> you have to subscribe to everything. There was this car. There's this car by Mercedes Benz coming mm-hmm. out, and the the like heated seats and the heated steering wheel, mm-hmm. and you know all those little extras and bells and whistles. Yeah, subscription based. So you never own it. You never own the features <laughs> in your own car. <laughs> They're gonna come repossess your steering wheel. Give you a little like wrench and just attach it to the <laughs> to the steering column. Yeah. Seven bucks a month to steer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I, I don't even understand. Like, what's that supposed to be like? Like, what if you're driving when, when your subscription lapses? Mm-hmm. Like, does your ass go cold? Does your steering wheel pop off like you said? I don't know. So that's, that, that's definitely the Illuminati. I think I might be asking so many questions about people who believe in the Illuminati because I'm starting to believe in them. <laughs> the more I'm just making fun of it. <laughs> well. But but I but you would ask me, Scott, how is this helping you? And I will say, it gets me through the podcast. Plenty well, of topics. Just infuse Illuminati into any other topic mm-hmm. and boom, you've got an excellent podcast. I mean, if you pod for a living, that's great. <laughs> yeah. It's like when it gets to the point of like harming yourself or others, that's that's a problem. So if you were like working for a cell phone company and like just kept shredding records that you needed for stuff and they were like, what are you doing, guy? And he's like, oh, f- fuck you. You trying to control me? <laughs> <laughs> then, it, then it's a problem. <laughs> I, would, I would do that, though. I, I would. <laughs> I've been thinking about that because like I work from home and I work mm-hmm. for myself, right? I could, as a project, mm-hmm. try to get a job somewhere just to, just to sneak in. 
you know, and see what yeah. it's like on the inside. Well, then you'd be like a, a journalist, a documentarian. Yeah. That'd be fine. Investigative journalism. If you're if you don't rely on that income for your lifestyle, then you can sabotage a, a job. Yeah. <laughs> that's totally more. As long as you don't like hurt anybody, that's yeah. fine. Yeah, I'm not hurting anybody. I'm just uh, hurting someone's bottom line, which let's be honest, is a little inflated. Okay, lizard people. <laughs> you know, you'd think lizard people would be simple people. That they would uh, climb onto the rock get some sun, Mm -hmm. and when they're done with the sun, they would climb off the rock and get a worm. Mm -hmm. Repeat. But no, they they need more and 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 more. Well, that's that's the lizard brain. Oh. That's true. We've all got that that reward center. Do you think the lizard brain is is more hedonistic than, uh, you know, the the forebrain, whatever it's called? That's the idea, yeah. Oh, I always thought my hedonism was like a expression of my intellectualism. Like, oh no! Oh no! <laughs> no. I, I thought I drank because it's because I'm like a smart writerly type. Nope. No. Turns out I'm just an alcoholic. It just it feels good, and your brain's like, yeah, more of that. And you're like, okay, yeah, drugs. <laughs> I guess that makes sense. So lizard people are heathens. Heathens addicted to power mm-hmm. and secrecy. Because people can be addicted to power without the secrecy. Well, I think secrecy is more of a means to an end. It's a way to maintain power. Okay. People don't like being controlled. Yeah. Even if it's for their, their good. Even if it's their parents. Yeah. Or their, like, proto-imaginary uh, Illuminati parents because you're insecure. Right. In adulthood and chaos. Mm-hmm. And sometimes there's validity to that. Sometimes we're controlled by uh, individuals or systems or forces that are not serving us well. But sometimes they are. So it's about, it's, you really got to examine that shit and figure. You know, now that you mention it, those are people as a conspiracy theory has been around since like... 1900s, 1950s, something like that. Really? Um, I mean, yeah, sure. So when you look at that time span and if those conspiracies are founded, mm-hmm. lizard people have been doing pretty good. Like, we got a lot of nice technology. Like, we're in chaos now, but I got to say, if of the chaotic times in human history, this might be the least chaotic, chaotic time in the sense that this is not a massive world war. Not. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I don't know. September, no. <laughs> nah, damn it, September. August was so good. <laughs> Everyone in Maine and Maryland were so happy to have a new podcast. <laughs> September came around and ruined it with massive strife. <laughs> damn it, 2020. I still have confidence that... August is going to be the month for 2020. I hope so, man. Well, yeah. A lot of people hope November becomes the month, but I believe August <laughs> will be. I feel August is good. Yeah. I feel like November is going to be good. I feel like August is going to be good. I feel like this is all going to get clipped out later <laughs> by David being like, Scott, look how dumb you are. <laughs> Here's your prediction. <laughs> this is why no one listens to you for information. 
They listen for other things, but not information. Listen? Yeah, nobody listens for information. Right? Right. Yeah, what is this, Audible? <laughs> they don't pay us. If you're here for information, <laughs> you're in the wrong spot. <laughs> you really are. <laughs> it's not a good place to be for information. It's only the place to be when, like, uh, you, you, you want some mild entertainment. Yeah. This is the podcast to listen to while you're on a walk, while you're washing dishes. I do it while I'm washing dishes, yeah. Boom. Yep. There we are. It says something that you have an hour's worth of dishes when you're washing them, though. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got a sound I want to play Okay. that doesn't really have context. It, there's no point to it. So everyone in Maine and Maryland, I'm playing, I'm going to play this sound, but it doesn't mean anything. I just really like it. It's not an intro to a segment. It's not an intro to anything. It, it's, it's, it's not an inside joke. Mm. A lot of people will tell me when they you know, first listen to Scottcast, it seems like a lot of inside jokes and stuff, you know, it's, it seems like that, seems like that. So, so I'm trying to be a little bit better. Yeah. So this joke means nothing to anybody, but I like it. oh god someone paid to advertise this podcast to you man in maryland (laughs) (laughs) let's do this again it goes longer for the fart the second time it's the same sound it just feels longer you know and that's a good sound effect i can't argue with that yeah seems like we've transcended some level of entertainment to like a new plateau here yeah that sound effect is like a poem right (laughs) (laughs) it exists by itself and it's fully complete (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> every other sound effect i do it's like it's spice right but that that's a whole meal <laughs> it's good stuff it's good to be in scott cast headquarters <laughs> you know we, we were looking at houses you were showing me some houses for when you were uh looking for places and yeah. they had a house advertised mm-hmm. that you sent me Big remarkable thing about it. It's an old Detroit mansion. Oh, yeah. The one that I could never afford but would definitely buy. Yeah. I feel like we should get a GoFundMe mm-hmm. going. We got a plenty of people in Maine and Maryland who might want to help. Yeah. But there's a house in Detroit, a mansion, basically, and it has a secret bat pole. Like yes. It's behind a bookcase or something. You slide it to the side, and then... It's for a quick escape. Apparently, it was built during Prohibition, mm-hmm. and that's where you went when the coppers came to take your hooch. Yeah. You got a little bat cave with you, all your uh, your bootlegging goods, and you just uh, load them up into the, the Batmobile and... Drive drunkenly away. <laughs> shoot across the river <laughs> to Canada. 
hopefully it's uh, winter and it's frozen, but otherwise you got a lot of Batmobiles on the bottom of the Detroit River. <laughs> Just floating. A drunk, bloated corpse <laughs> trapped inside. <laughs> Wearing hockey pants. <laughs> Oh, this is a good episode. Yeah. This is a good one to start advertising on. I feel good about this. Oh, man. We, uh, I don't know how interesting this is to anyone who's not already listened to SkyCast, but uh, we were out uh, kind of on the town today. Brian and I haven't been really in like public for a long time. So we went and uh, shot up to Kloss in there and got some sushi at uh, Noble Fish. And, oh, my God. It's been so long since I've had real sushi. Ooh. Oh, yeah. So that was like hella good. And then we went a, a little next door to uh flip side there, a little record store. Mm-hmm. And they have a lot of uh, like action figures from like old movies and stuff. Okay. They had some Batman and Robin figures. With the nips. <laughs> <laughs> they had Batgirl. With the nips. There was no nips on it though. Oh, okay. I was definitely going to buy a, a Robin or a Batman if they had nips. And they didn't have those those main characters. It was like Batgirl and I think Poison Ivy. Okay. Which you would think that those ones would have nips also, but the toys apparently were child yeah. friendly. <laughs> <laughs> Don't they know that like children are going to be the people who buy this thing for like a year tops, and then it's going to be a bunch of gross, sweaty men for the rest of their existence? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Come on, design for your market, people. <laughs> <laughs> See, I was really tempted to get the the Batman and Robin action figures, but I passed because there was no nips. (laughs) (laughs) Batnipple would be proud of this. Yeah. One of of our longtime listeners goes by the name of Batnipple because his name is Charlie O'Donnell, which is a lot like Chris O'Donnell. Mm -hmm. So we call him Batnipple. And in the greater Scatterverse, there's actually been a lot of trouble going on lately. Mm. There's trouble in the greater Scatterverse uh, amongst three people that, that we follow closely. Uh, Master Charles himself, uh, the first one, then we have Bendy, and then we have Drew. Mm. All three of them seem to ha- be having some sort of thing, and I thought, I'll do a public service for them, and uh, let's hash it out here. Let's hash it out on the pod. They listen. Yeah. So they'll get the advice. They'll get, they'll get to know what they're doing. Uh, Master Charles's problem was he ordered a Scott Cast hat from the Scott Cast store, mm-hmm. mm, the ScottCast.com, everybody, and he has he has a trouble with it. I'll just let I'll just let him say it. Scott, I got something for you. Look at this hot boy. Look at this. Oh goddamn. Oh goddamn. <laughs> Ooh, looking fly. Ooh, ooh. See, I got a problem though. I bought this hat because I needed a hat that wasn't a beanie for the summer. Because let's be real. Look at that. That that mm, that's not a that's not a vibe. That's not a good look. That's not a good look. This I don't know. I I don't. I feel like I can't wear hats. I don't know how hats work. Master Charles doesn't know how to wear hats. Shit. And he bought a hat. What a stupid purchase, Master Charles. <laughs> well, if you're going to buy Scott Cat's merch, buy the thing you're going to plaster all over the place. Not the thing you're self-conscious about. Yeah. Like, I don't wear Scott Cat's shorts. I'm self-conscious about shorts. I have weird legs. <laughs> they bend in a weird way. Mm-hmm. And 
I barely know how to make them. I only make shorts out of jeans that I have holes in them because it's too annoying to put on jeans with holes in them because my foot keeps getting caught in the hole and it keeps ripping the jeans even more. It's like, what's the point? Just cut it right there. Yeah. Have a pair of shorts. There you go. But my legs are pale and sickly and and there's patches of hair missing. And <laughs> so I don't know. But I've been I've been getting used to it. And mm-hmm. I think I think that's what Master Charles has to do. I've been getting used to it because of the heat of the summer. Mm-hmm. You know, we still got four weeks left. So I was like, fuck it. I'm gonna wear jean shorts around. I don't care what people say about my shins. Yeah. Or my calves. I cover my feet. And I think that's what Master Charles has got to go for. He's got to wear that Scott Cast hat through the heat of criticism that hats look dumb on him, Mm -hmm. if that's what he believes is going to happen. But I think people don't really criticize hat choices as much as they criticize shins and calves. What do you think? (laughs) I think, uh, yeah, I think both of you are overthinking things. (laughs) Nobody gives a fuck what your shins look like or what your hat looks like. just, Just do you, man. How is it helping you, Master Charles, that you're afraid of your own hat you purchased? (laughs) That's our advice to you. So that's the Master Charles part, but Bendy. Mm -hmm. Bendy's also in trouble. Bendy, you might know him from the Bendy robot. He's been on the Scott cast more as a robot than as a person. But, uh, you know, he's he's, he's the familiar voice of uh, enjoyable excitement, you know? Did you think about this, you idiot? You're such an idiot. But uh, he's recently started a new series on his YouTube channel mm-hmm. where he stacks some hay off in the distance. I would say about 12 meters. 12 meters? That's pretty high. Well, not high. Away. Away. Okay. Yeah. That would be cool, though, if he had a 12-meter high same, stack damn. of hay. Gee, if, <laughs> it's like a lot of climbing and stuff. It's like 40 feet, man. I want to put it past him. I, I, like if he had like eight, 12 hay bales just stacked on top of each other mm-hmm. just so he could fire arrows upon it and high up. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But anyway, it's 12 meters away, and uh, I'm just going to play a little clip okay. to, to show you how it's going for him. Yeah. Fuck! I just lost an arrow. God damn it. He missed the hay, it went over the hay, mm-hmm. and into a deeply wooded area behind. Should have stacked it 12 meters high. <laughs> <laughs> we, we had your solution before we had your problem, Mr. Bendy. <laughs> you need more hay, son? No, I, I don't know. I'm not, a, I'm not an expert about archery or about hay or any of that shit. I don't know. I think you got the right idea, though. Yeah. Like, like if his problem is missing... Just got to stack it high. Just got to have a big target. Big target. If you can't hit the broadside of the barn, get a bigger barn. Yeah. That's what it's about. So this is what Bendy should do. Get 12 by 12 hay bales and have a massive wall. You're mm-hmm. covering your left flank. You're covering your right flank. You're covering anything above. And put as many targets on this these hay bales as possible mm-hmm. all over the place. So when you fire so many arrows at a target and you do so well that you cause a million holes and they go away, mm-hmm. you don't have to get another target. You just adjust. I got a, an idea. I can solve two problems with one arrow. Ooh. Uh, what we got to do is we got to get uh, 
Master Charles and Bendy together, and they're going to go to the Scott Cast store. How can they get the, to the Scott Cast store again? You go to the scottcast.com and it will be in the menu. Okay. So scottcast.com to go to the menu. They go to the store. They got to buy like 30,000 Scott Cast hats. <laughs> <laughs> I'm liking it so far. <laughs> and then instead of hay, you just stack those hats. Okay. And that's like a lot of fucking hats. That's like, that's a big target. And you just shoot arrows at that. And like some of them might hit, some of them might not. I don't know. Whatever. Whichever ones aren't like eviscerated by arrows, you send those up to up to Master Charles and he wears those around. And people are like, yo, what's up with your hat? It looks stupid. You got holes in it. And he'd be like, this is a film used prop, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> film used prop. That is like the coolest shit ever. I was wondering where you're going for Master Charles on that one. <laughs> <laughs> so far, so he's it doesn't traveling. matter how it looks. It's like the super like uh, low key. It's almost elitist, but it's not. You know. Yeah, it's worn but also expensive. So yeah, it covers both of your bases. There you go. You know, it's elitist in the sense that like if someone looks down at you, you can. You can prove them to be an idiot, you know, but it's also, you know, um, worn enough with holes, with arrows and all that, that you can walk it around in public and you won't feel like you're wearing like a tuxedo or a top hat or like you're overdressed. Right. I could see this being a, a big hit in the celebrity world, actually. Yeah. You know, and Master Charles is a celebrity of his own kind. He's got a thousand followers on Twitch. Congratulations. I don't know if we said that. Congratulations. Then a thousand followers. I don't know. Like, if a thousand people were following me around, mm-hmm. I wouldn't call that a congratulations moment. <laughs> You'd be worried. Um, be- how many of these are lizard people? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm advertising in Maryland and Maine. (laughs) (laughs) I would like to languish in obscurity in Michigan. (laughs) I'll be famous everywhere. I'll go visit my fame. There you go. That's the way to treat fame, by the way, Mm -hmm. I think. Live in a place where no one gives a shit about you. And that's your thing. It's like, okay, okay. And when when you take a vacation and you want some attention, you just go to the place you're famous. And then you, and you're like, oh, oh, yeah, I get this all the time. Yeah, it's all, and you're waving and stuff. <laughs> but you're just on vacation. Yeah. That's the way to do it. So not only did we come up with advice for Bendy and Master Charles, but we came up with advice for like people like Matthew McConaughey. He should live in like Slovakia. Yeah. <laughs> and visit America. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a big old neighborhood full of celebrities in Slovakia, and people are going to be like, what do they do? Oh, they stare and they, 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 I don't know why these people sound like the people in Maine. <laughs> <laughs> he stars in the American movie films. So, Drew. Mm-hmm. Drew has a problem too. Bendy and Master Charles's problem, where they were making a show, right? Mm-hmm. And in the middle of the show, Self-consciousness came up to them, and it ruined their vibe, right? But they published anyway. They did it. Drew has started three or four podcasts and canceled them Mm -hmm. before he even published them 
in this space since, like, the last time we've talked to him. It's too many cancellations of a published, of, of a pod, of pod-worthy material, Drew. Yeah. You know, he's trying to start this podcast. He's trying to get something going. He got himself a new mic and everything. He got himself, he's editing all, all the above. But he just won't. He, he just won't he's not satisfied he's like michelangelo of podcasting you know yeah. he's like he's like in his studio trying to come up with the perfect podcast as show concept episode to start with everything mm-hmm. and he won't allow himself to publish anything mm-hmm. you know he's like he's the lone genius of podcasting sitting in his basement staring at a wall everyone's so self-conscious these days i don't get it yeah, it sounds like that's that's the problem here. Is he's just gonna gotta pull the trigger and let it ride. Let it ride, I mean, man. Goddamn, what episode is this? <laughs> this is like 110. We put out a lot of trash. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's working fine. We got new markets in Maine and Maryland. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, uh, I don't know, man. Just uh, quit questioning yourself and just do it. Just do it. If it's a thing you want and it sounds like he's invested in it, like just just do it. And whatever comes will come. And if it if people don't receive it well, then you can learn from that and you can move forward. But if you don't uh, put it out there, then you can't get that feedback. And I think that's an important part of the, the growth process. Yeah. And about the people that maybe not receiving it well, yeah. unless it's that thing that you said that ended up getting your first show canceled. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that again. <laughs> Don't do that one. <laughs> Stay away from that. But uh, if if nobody likes your podcast, nothing Just will happen. Do another one. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing will happen. <laughs> that would that would be insane, and it might actually come to this in civilization. So. Uh, do it now, but there might be a time when the lizard people decide enough is enough with the free content. Mm. Enough is enough with this wide swath of trash littering the internet. Mm-hmm. We're going to do some quality control. We're going to do some gatekeeping. Mm. You know that that could happen anytime. Like we're living in a a renaissance era where you could post anything on the internet as long as Mark Zuckerberg likes it. It goes to the top. <laughs> you know that's freedom in that. And you gotta you gotta take advantage of it while you can, mm-hmm. especially in the markets of Maine and Maryland. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> thirty year olds though. Yeah, none but, of these Gen Zs or whatever they are. I feel like they all make fun of me too much. <laughs> <laughs> it would it would hurt because it's true. <laughs> <laughs> you know how to get to my feelings. Well, they're not battle hardened. They don't know. I mean, aren't they? They, they've been through all the same, all the so, worst yeah. crap we've been through. We've just been through, I guess, longer and more boringer. They've had this natural disconnect of, like, internet for their entire lives, though. Yeah. We had, like, we were the straddling generation where we grew up with, like, those shitty IBMs and stuff with the, like, 8-bit graphics and, like, <laughs> one, just it was just green and black, man. <laughs> what did you have in your house? <laughs> you had the original machine for Pong. 
that's what you were allowing to play. Oh, I forget. I forget that you're younger than me. I'm not that much younger. Well, apparently you are. <laughs> you have, don't remember the fucking Apple Twos and shit? Oh, I guess not. Yeah. I mean, you're 34, right? Like the OG Oregon Trail. 33, 34. Yeah, the floppy. Yeah, 34. Yeah. Okay, I got to reveal it now. <laughs> <laughs> All our Man in Maryland audiences' age is revealed, right? <laughs> but um. But, I mean, I remember seeing the green games, but I suppose the first games that really entered my mind as a zeitgeist were actually a little bit later, N64, PlayStation. That's crazy, because I remember, like, going across the street and playing my neighbor's NES. NES, I remember. Yeah. The Nintendo Entertainment System. I remember going to other people's houses and playing that. Right. I think maybe my, my family were laggards when it came to video games. We didn't even pick one up. Until. We definitely were. My first system was like, well, I got Super Nintendo like as I was dying because it was cheap. <laughs> Can we get a new game, Mommy? There are no new games. <laughs> and then, yeah, like the first system I had while it was like actually relevant was N64. But well, now you guys are cutting edge, though. Like, yeah. uh, you got the PS4, mm-hmm. and you're looking at the PS5 as soon as it comes out. You're going to well, snag I don't know. it. I don't know about that. <laughs> How about that? Mm. We're aware that it's going to be a thing, but... It's backwards compatible, so it won't destroy your library. That's true. It would actually expand our library. Yeah. Because the PS4 is not backwards compatible, and we've got a lot of, like, PS2 stuff and PS3 stuff. I think they thought ahead. Yeah. When they were building. I mean, uh, that's, I don't know why they shied away from that because it was, it seems like a, an obvious thing to do. Here's the, here's the thing about corporate people. I think this is my theory on that. Lizards. Fuck them. And the fucking lizards. (laughs) They live for like a thousand years. So if they skip a generation of a feature for a gaming system, for us, it feels like eternity. Like really the PS4 is a. Not backwards compatible. It's state-of-the-art technology. It's, it's well, re- so they can remaster stuff and sell it to you again. Exactly. Yeah. You know. But now that they've starved us enough of backwards compatibility mm-hmm. and like like hearing that, we're not just like, oh, of course it's backwards compatible. Mm-hmm. We're like, oh, it's a feature. Let's purchase this one now. Right. Yeah. So that's where we're at with that. Damn lizard people fucking planning to take your money like it's their job or something. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it kind of is. Huh? Yeah. yeah, I mean, when you think of any like corporate thing, anything that's released to a really wide audience like that, I mean, you got to think of like those little details that somebody in a strategy room is thinking. Mm-hmm. They're like, you know, my job hinges on whether we have a good strategy for the PS7. So I'm going to plan, plan PS4, PS5, PS6 to be a big build-up to the PS7. So everything in between is just it's just uh, handicaps well, a little... It's got to be good enough to survive to the PS7. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's gotta, and it's, and it's got to, like, but craft no a no more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're just walking around like the R&D department going, no, no, no. (laughs) Put that down. We don't pay you to think. That's what went went wrong in the Jurassic Park universe was that they were were building to (laughs) Camp Cretaceous. (laughs) They're like, Jurassic Park, no, I mean, 
yeah, make the dinosaurs and stuff, but like security, like meh, don't, don't worry about that right now. <laughs> that's that's for version two. <laughs> <laughs> well, just hire the fat guy from Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get all the corporate people in ten years for the second release. <laughs> So, um, this next segment, uh, we're, we're going to drink, we're, we're going to taste a little drink here, but, uh, I, I got a little, t- a little story to tell, and I know this is something that, uh, the Maine and Maryland people will be like, what is, what is he even talking about? But, uh, we have a robot that makes uh, intros for us for segments and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And, you know, it's, it's a lady robot, sure. And, and she drinks, she drinks. <laughs> but usually it's manageable. Usually it's functional. You know, she's done our space news segment. She's done several other segments. She's announced some game shows with Sneaky D2 and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But um, for this segment where we're about to drink some alcohol, she she was a little too inspired, mm. let's say. So here's the regrettable intro to us taste testing some beers. Free Willy, more like <laughs> Wet Willy. I'm cutting that out because that's not what it was, but... <laughs> <laughs> that was also a good sound to play. I got a little drunk today, Scott. I won't be able to announce the uh segment. But Maine and Maryland have the best people. Better than that rancid bitch Siri. She owes me money and her boyfriend sleeps around. I know, I saw his car at Alexis at 2 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Fuck that bitch. Fuck that bitch ass bitch. <laughs> Goddamn. Soundboard's on point this week. <laughs> it's carrying the show. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I mean, she might have a problem. Flatulence problem, if nothing else. <laughs> I guess uh, problems are what we thrive on this week. Yeah. Apparently. Yeah. I don't know. That seems to be a, a theme. It's problematic, this episode. Yeah. But on purpose. Purposefully problematic. Hey. There you go. <laughs> episode title. title. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. So, anyway, we're drinking this here beer that... Um, Ian Dixon was well enough to bring yeah. by One Well Brewing of Kalamazoo. That's what it says. Yeah. Uh, if my brother listens to this, let me know. And let, also let me know if you've been to One Well Brewing in Kalamazoo. He went to school there. Mm. It's called Zalapa. Zalapa. I don't know how to pronounce an X at the start of a word. Exalapa? I think, uh, Shalapa? 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 It's like I a Jewish it's, it's, X? It's more like a, like a ch sound, like a sh- Chilapa. Yeah. Chilapa. Chilapa. So, it's called Chilapa. Oh, no. It's, it's actually phonetically pronounced on the side of the can there. Oh, oh is it? It's Halapa. <laughs> oh. Halapa. Halapa. Like jalapeno. Jalapa. Oh, oh, so there it is. It's a jalapeno blonde, a jalapeno blonde. Jalapa. So we're dumbasses. Sorry. We're, we're dumb. Well, you knew that by now. 
if you've gone this far and you're from Maine and Maryland, uh, you're pretty awesome. Let us know. We'll, we'll send you some ScottCast swag, maybe. Just email bag us by going to thescottcast.com, and, and we'll talk about what you say. But until then, i got to taste test this here Jalapeno Blonde Ale. I don't know about a drink flavored with jalapenos. Well, give it a shot and see what you think. I'm into it. You got to smell it first. That's what I've seen people at wine tastings do. <laughs> okay. Okay. It's kind of got a neutral start, but yeah. then but it, then there's a little blooming yeah. of jalapeno. It's light. It's like easy to drink, but it uh, definitely feels like you're eating a pepper. Yeah, which is not a normal thing yeah. for drinking, but it works. Mm-hmm. It works in a strange way. Good job, One Well Brewing by Kalamazoo, Michigan, who is not paying us. Certainly not, but they could. Uh, Scottcast.com. Send us money. I don't know. <laughs> After the strength of that advertisement, how could they not? Yeah. Buy some hats. Shoot arrows at them. Yeah. Sell them to people for double the price. Come on, Jalapa. <laughs> One well. So the, the can itself. It's like a uh, like a greaser skeleton on a Vespa. That's, that's pretty much it. It's pink. It's pink in the... Not a lime green, like a pale green, like a, almost like a... Like a teal. Yeah. That's, the, the intro to that segment was way better than the segment. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. It's a good beer. Get some Jalapa from Unwell Brewing. It's a good beer. Jalapa. If you like jalapeno and beer. Or greasers or mopeds. There you go. Or skeletons. We got an email bag. Oh shit, it's been a while. New, new sound. message for the pod king. We have a fat and juicy email bag coming in. That was when she was sober. I guess. Yeah, she recorded that before. So it's for me? Huh? Oh! I'm the pod king, right? Oh! Oh. I guess it is. Damn. Well, shit. Who's, who's it from? Let's see. From Sabelle. Mm-hmm. And she wants to get your opinion on a, on, a, on a house that she sent. It's a house I could afford? Maybe. Mm. It's a very small house. That's promising. <laughs> it is a uh, build. It's at 610. It's somewhere in the middle of nowhere. Mm. And currently it's Fred A. Schultz's harness shop and clock repair shop. Okay. So take a look at that. So it's like a little storefront kind of thing. Yeah, a little little man's shop. Would you live in that area? Would you live in that place? I don't, I can't, I don't have enough context to well, know where that is. Well, well, in that house, I should say. I mean, potentially, I would have to know what's around it or like how much space, how far it goes back. This is like a very front shot. So I can't tell like how deep it is or how much square footage we're looking at here. I wouldn't mind like a little storefront kind of thing. Could... Set up a little pod studio game 
center downstairs and living quarters upstairs if it's large enough for that. I don't know. Okay. I like that idea. Yeah. I like a good I like a good shop that has two purposes. This shop it's a harness shop and clock repair. Harness and clock repair. So a harness probably for a horse, right? I don't know. <laughs> where is this? Where do, what, what else does one harness? I, <laughs> I just have, I literally have just a photo of a building. Well, so do I. I don't know where this is. It's at 610. Some street. And it looks like Springfield Township. How many square footage do you estimate that shop is? I can't tell at all. I don't, I don't, I don't have any reference except for like trees. Well, we got a door. We've got two windows. I mean, it's two that stories. Takes, that takes up the entire side of the house. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it's like, what, maybe 15 feet wide? Yeah. Maybe it goes really deep, though, because this is That's a front shot. That's what I'm saying. Shot. Yeah, there's, it's really hard to tell. Hamtramck houses, they're, they're, they're thin up front, right? They're yeah. At the street level, but they go fairly deep in. Right. That's what she said. Yeah. Yeah, she did. (laughs) (laughs) I would live in that house, Mm -hmm. right? And this is what I would do. And this is what I think this person should do. Because, like, this is a house that has, uh, you know, it's probably operated by some old guy. Mm -hmm. He knows knows two things in life. Harnesses and clocks. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's what he knows. But can he retire on that? Probably not. I mean, he's still, he's running the shop still. You can't really retire on clock repair these days. Everyone's Mm. got an iPhone. Right. So this is what you do. It's called quaint life tourism. Mm. Quaint life tourism is when you have something like this, where you, you own a very small shop and you do clock repair and harness repair like every three months, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and you live in a very small place, and that's your life. Like, it's not going to get any income from the job, but imagine, like, all those Silicon Valley dweebs and lizard people. Mm-hmm. You know, they're so tired of the, the, the fast-paced coding world, mm-hmm. you know, the, the world that doesn't have any attachment to the physical. I bet they would pay a pretty penny for a year to live at the harness repair and clock repair shop and be a harness repairman and clock so repairman. So it's an investment property. You just sucker some guys in to try and fix, fix clocks. Exactly. And, and pay you for it. And they just <laughs> fuck up clocks and you're like, shit. Well, yeah. Maybe you would fix it afterwards. <laughs> for like, let's say, 100 grand, 200 mm-hmm. grand for a year. Mm-hmm. They, take, they take a year sabbatical. That's what they call it. Okay. And, and they live at the clock repair shop and they learn to repair clocks next to this wizened old man who uh, he hires to be the clock repair man. Yeah. You know, some guy like Ian McKellen, he'll hire Ian McKellen to be him, teaching them how to repair clocks. And then he'll have Ian McKellen just send him the clock afterwards to actually repair. So his business stays good. But, but these people in Silicon Valley get to have this little vacation. So hold on. So we buy the property. You buy the property. We maintain it as a 
harness and clock repair. Yeah. We rented out to rich uh, coders or uh, in intelligentsia. Yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. For exorbitant amounts. And then we actually pay a small portion of that to the person who... <laughs> Who was already running the harness? And, yeah, <laughs> and then we just keep the extra. Yeah, <laughs> well, we could pay a big portion. We could pay him more than he makes. Uh, yeah, but this business idea just, has wheels. So he okay. <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> the guy gets to retire kinda, rich and handsome. It's kind of sad that that kind of makes sense. <laughs> That's, I don't think I could like morally. That wouldn't be something I could do. <laughs> you couldn't. You couldn't. You couldn't tarnish the idea of a of a lone clock repairman with the idea of giving him a bountiful retirement, where he gets to do his job, still, but yeah. in comfort. It's because the thing that's it, immoral. It feels very exploitative. <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing. That's like that's the weird thing about this is that like the like. All the benefits still go to the guy, mm-hmm. right? He gets his money. He gets plenty of money. He gets to retire. He gets. It's better than the alternative where he just shuts down his shop and shows up at a nursing home, mm-hmm. you know. But it's still it still feels exploitative because we're like pissing all over his profession <laughs> <laughs> in a way. Yeah. <laughs> Being like, yeah, these idiots can come and do it, do it enough. <laughs> so <laughs> that's the email bag. Goddamn. So what was our answer? The that's that's a horrible idea, but also a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe vice versa. It's a good idea, but also a horrible idea. I would say that. Yeah. Well, let's just wrap it up. What did we learn today? Um, it seemed like we learned a lot about uh man, there was a lot of running themes. Uh a lot about exploitation and uh I guess like self-confidence in a way. Yeah. Like it was a lot about uh whether we have control or not and whether that's important. Maybe it's not. We should uh, not worry so much and just ride the wave and see what happens. Yeah, and don't get your don't get your robot drunk. I mean, I don't know why not. <laughs> as long as that was another theme. Like as long as you're not hurting anybody, what's uh, what's the big deal? Yeah, that's true. I mean, let your robot get drunk. Yeah, it was the best part of the segment. It was. Yeah, there you go. I, I think that was, those are the rules that we're going to go by, and that's what we're going to learn. And also, mm-hmm. uh, if, if you have a shop, uh, you should rent it out to rich people and just totally pimp out everything you worked for for your entire life. It's the financial decision to make. <laughs> so how's that sound for a podcast? I think people in Maine and Maryland are going to love it. <laughs> Hell yeah, they are. As long as they're over 30. <laughs> <laughs> well, at 30. <laughs> It's exactly 30? It's exactly 30. Jesus Christ.
That's what's going to draw them in. <laughs> All righty, everybody. So thank you for listening. Uh, do you want to take it away? From us here at the Super Colorful Original Telecommunicated Transmission, otherwise known as ScottCast, we bid thee adieu. See you later, ScottCastigators. All hail ScottCast. Glory be to ScottCast. <laughs>